Welcome to the Axe Church Leander podcast. Join us in person or online on Facebook at 9.30 a.m. Um, the reading today comes from Matthew 10. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Sumerians. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim the message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have, excuse me, freely you have received, freely give. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogue. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what they say or how to say it. At that time, you'll, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're good. Heavenly Father, Lord, you have a plan. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we come here to seek that plan. We come to seek you. We come to encounter Christ in a different and a deeper way. Lord, so I pray that as we go through this message, as we reflect on your word, Lord, as our kiddos reflect on the word in the back, Lord, that we're, we're drawn into the story. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Again, it's good to be with you guys today. We are in a mild renovation, so we're moving some stuff. We got the altar up here. I have a little bit more room that I can move around in. Uh, soon I'm going to be able to move around a lot, so get excited about that. I'm going to be bouncing from wall to wall. Uh, but we really are just thrilled. Uh, as we finish up this series called As We Go. Uh, and this series came out of us wanting to be disciple makers who don't just disciple for an hour on Sunday morning when you come to church, or, or that five minutes you might take in the morning in prayer, but really saying, no, Scripture looks at discipleship as an as-you-go experience. As you're driving down the road, as you're talking to your kids, when you're waking up, when you're going to bed, every moment there is an opportunity for us to draw closer to God. And so we've been using our values, adventure, community, transformation, and today sending to talk through what that looks like. And we've been providing different opportunities. Uh, this week specifically is the book swap. So we've got a bunch of books that either the church has put out in the back or that some of you may have brought. I brought The Voyage of the Dawn Trotter, uh, one of the Chronicles of Narnia books that for me really speaks to how God fights for us. But it's an opportunity to swap out some devotional books or some spiritual books that have meant something to one member of a congregation. And they're saying, hey, this might mean something to you. So please take a look at those books in the back. But, but today we're on our last value, which is sending. And as a church, we, we have these three verbs that we say define us. In fact, everything we do should in some way fall under one of these three things. Equip, send, bless. It comes from a statement, we at Acts Church equip and send followers of Jesus to bless their community. But it's those three verbs that really matter. Can you say that with me? Equip, equip, send, send, bless, bless, right? All of those verbs have intention behind them. All of those verbs have purpose behind them. 
And so we don't just equip you with Jesus so, so you can personally just be stronger in your faith, but we equip you so we can send you. So we can leave this space and go to the areas where God isn't as present, where, where God isn't as seen, that we as the body of Christ can show up and let them know, no, God is here, God cares about you. And as we're sent, the impact of that is that we leave a blessing. As we were sent, in the same way everywhere Jesus went, things got better. Everywhere we as the body of Christ go, things should get better. And we leave that blessing, we're in the world, but then we realize, whew, it's really messy out here. Have you guys ever noticed that? We're like, the world is an absolute mess, and it could be intimidating. And that's where it's a circle. Then we go back and we get equipped some more. We draw closer to who God is and what God is doing, that we can be better sent, that we can leave a better blessing, and on and on and on we go. So again, today is looking at sending, and that's what this scripture, Matthew 10, is all about. It is the first sending of the apostles. Jesus says, the 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Right? So the word send here is actually where we get the word apostles. The apostles literally is the sent ones. And this is right after Jesus has commissioned the 12 as the apostles. And this is the first time, the first demo, we'll say version 1.0 of what their sending looks like. And so we're going to see what those instructions are. And as we talk through them, I do want to make a point. When we read the Bible, it is important to realize when Jesus is being prescriptive and when Jesus is being descriptive and how that applies to us. So prescriptive is when Jesus says, do this or don't do this in a specific situation. And we're going to see some prescriptive things that Jesus says, disciples, I need you to do this. But that was what he was prescribing to those disciples in that place. For us as Christians, sometimes it is very descriptive. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? That is something prescribed to all of us. But sometimes we need to go deeper when we're reading through what Jesus is asking those apostles to figure out how does that describe, how does that help us as 2022 disciples of Jesus. And so we're going to have to go back and forth, and it starts off with that, right? So do not go among the Gentiles or any other towns of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. So version 1.0 of sending, Jesus says, I need you just to go to Israel, nowhere else. Don't go to the Gentiles. Now, the reason why it's good that that is not prescriptive is because everyone in this room is part of the Gentile group, right? And so if it was just, you're going to go to Israel and no one else, it's us versus them, so to speak, none of us would be in the room right now. All of us come from the Gentiles. All of us come from outside of that initial group. So what was Jesus doing here? Well, this had to do to fulfill what God had promised, that first he would come to Israel his chosen people. He tells Abraham, I will bless you, but then he says, and I will bless the whole world through you. Luke's 1, 8 takes it from this way. He says, Jesus says to his disciples, you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Essentially what Jesus did was he wanted to do a ripple effect. Jesus was the stone that was going to go into the pond, 
And it starts in the center, but then it ripples out larger and larger and larger. And and that's what Jesus was doing. This was the first ripple. So he says, hey guys, we're not ready for the Samaritans yet. We're not ready for the Gentiles yet. The first ripple is the people of Israel, right? So that was what was prescribed in that moment. But in the larger story, we know, no, 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 that's going to keep going out further and further and further to bless the whole world. Matthew 10 goes on. And as you proclaim the message, and now, sorry, as you go, proclaim the message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, it's always good for a pastor when you see the sermon title, the series title in the scripture, you're like, oh yeah, there you right. So as you go, as you're sent, Jesus says, I want you to proclaim the kingdom of heaven is near. And the word kingdom of heaven doesn't mean, hey, eternity, eternal life, what we normally think of heaven when we die, that's not what he's talking about, or at least that's not exclusively what he's talking about. Kingdom in Greek literally meant a king's reign. It meant the king was in control. It wasn't simply just a location or a place that you go to. Instead, it was saying, no, someone is in charge. And so this is where we get from the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he's telling his apostles, these initial sent ones to preach. Let them know God is in control. Let them know that in the same way that God's will is done into eternity, God's will is going to be start being done here and now. The message is that God's about to start something. God is doing something bigger than what they've seen before. He goes on, he says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, for freely you have received, so freely give. Everywhere Jesus went, things got better. He brought the kingdom of God with him. He brought God's will with him, and so the hungry were were fed. And the sick were healed. And and those who had been cast out of community and didn't think God loved them anymore, he showed up and said, no, God loves you and he forgives you and I have come to redeem you and bring you back into the family of God. Everywhere Jesus went, things got better, including in the lives of his disciples. And so he says, so everywhere you go, I want you to make things better. Every person in this church, every, every person on this live stream, God has showed up in a way in their lives. God has made you better. He has forgiven you. He has shaped you. He has molded you. He has declared the gospel over you. Freely you have received, Jesus says, so freely give. And, and the humbling thing about this section of Scripture is that this is God's plan. Right? God is omnipresent. If he wanted to, he could show up individually in people's lives, and we could have our own little Depeche Mode, my own personal Jesus, right? He could do that, but that's not what he does. Instead, he does something, in my opinion, which is scandalous. He entrusts his mission to his people, humanity. Have you spent any time looking at humanity lately? Like, are you kidding me? Us? You're going to entrust us with this mission? 
We muck everything up. And more personally, I muck everything up. And yet Jesus says, no, 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 this is, this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to change you. I'm going to equip you. And then I'm going to send you. And then you're going to be a blessing. And as you're a blessing, people are going to start to ask questions. Why are you doing this? And your response is going to be because I have a God who specializes in messy people. And I'm messy. But because a God who specializes in messy people can work in my life, he can work in their life too. And then we get to proclaim the kingdom of God. God's will is here. That's the plan. Jesus goes on. So do not take any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No uh, bag for your journey or extra shirt or sandals or an extra staff. For a worker is worth his keep. Now, again, this is prescriptive at this point. Jesus is not saying, all right, now, if you are my disciple, none of you need to have a wallet anymore. None of you need to have cash on you anymore. That is not what he is doing in this section of Scripture. But he is prescribing for a purpose. And the reason is because as we go on God's mission, he is asking us to depend on him, not on ourselves not on our own resources, but on his power. And that, that's a really hard wicket to navigate. Because all of us, myself included, want to lean on our own gifts, whether it's the money that we have or the talent that we have or the opportunity that we have. And we think, okay, if I leverage this right, I can change them for Jesus. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to do the changing. We're going to see that in a little bit. But what Jesus is telling his apostles in this moment is depend on me, not on earthly things. And those earthly things may provide an opportunity, your workplace, the gifts that you have, the passions that you have, but it's God who's going to do the heavy lifting when we talk about being sent, when we talk about transforming the world. And then Jesus goes on. It says, In whatever town or village you enter, search there for a worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. And as you enter the home, give it your greeting. And if the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. And if not, let your peace return to you. The book of Luke recounts this scripture, and Jesus says, seek out a person of peace. And so as we think about being sent, looking around for who God already has there, that may be the initial step, an initial point person, a person of peace. For me recently, I mentioned this last week, I've been working out, so I'm at the gym more often, and the gym is like its own little community. Honestly, I feel like I'm in high school all over again, right? And now they have all these relationships and all these friendships, and I don't know any of them, and it's clear they all know each other. They've all been doing this a lot longer than I have. And so it was about a month before I met my first quote-unquote person of peace. His name's Marcus. He looks like Adonis statue, right? This guy has muscles that I didn't realize existed in a human being, but he's super friendly, and I asked him about a, uh, one of the workouts he was doing. And now every single time I show up, Marcus walks up to me. He's like, dude, how are you doing this morning? And Marcus knows everyone in the gym, right? An initial connection, an initial relationship that gets me into a new community. And who knows what God is going to do with that new community and me being there. But I know right now I am sent to the gym 
As I go, as I work out, this is a place, a new little gospel outpost that Jesus can be in. And so seeking out those people who can open doors to new relationships as we're there. He continues on, but if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town. Shake it from the dust of your feet, for truly I tell you, it's more bearable for Sodom or Gomorrah on the day of judgment for that town. Okay, this, this turns dark pretty quick, right? Like, okay, yeah, this is great. You're going to meet friends. You're going to hang out. You're going to stay at people's houses. Oh, and then if they reject you. Referencing Sodom and Gomorrah is quite the turn Right? This is literally fire raining down from heaven. Right? But, but notice what Jesus doesn't say. Jesus does not say, if they reject you, you rain down fire from heaven. Jesus does not say, if they reject you, blast them on social media. Jesus does not say, if they reject you, talk about them behind their back. Instead, what Jesus says is that we're not in control of the outcome. We're not in control of what happens as we go, as we're trying to love people. Because sometimes that person of peace will be there. Sometimes they may not be there. But ultimately, it's not on us. It's not our responsibility to fix everything as we go, as we're sent, but instead to trust that, you know what, God is still doing his thing. And if it doesn't work out when we have integrity, we get to leave in peace when it doesn't work out because we screwed up. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes we, we didn't represent Jesus very well. We still get to ask forgiveness and redemption, and he again clothes us in him and his love. But either way, it's not on us. It's on him as we're sent. I love this verse. I am sending you out among sheep, among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. I'm going to give you an insight into me as a pastor. This is my pastor life verse. It is literally my favorite verse of ministry, right? So my own personal life verse is 1 John 3, 1. For how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. It literally is the foundation of my identity in Christ. And it's like, yeah, that's a great verse. And then you read this, and you're like, wait, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves and be shrewd as serpents? What is wrong with you, Pastor Josh, right? What, what, what is this? The reason why I love this is because ministry is hard and it's complicated, and quite frankly, it's dangerous. There are a lot of wolves outside of the four walls of this building. Sometimes the wolves are in this building. And we are called to be as innocent, as gentle as doves. But we're also called to be as shrewd, as wise as serpents. And it's that tension, right? He doesn't say just be shrewd. He doesn't just, just be innocent, just be gentle. But instead, to navigate every relationship, to, to navigate every opportunity as we go, to say, all right, God, I, I need your insight here. I need your insight into this conversation I'm going to have with someone that might be kind of complicated. 
I, I need to know where the landmines are. And God, I want to be gentle. God, I don't want to come in there just throwing elbows because I have the quote-unquote authority to. Right? But the, the reality that Jesus doesn't look at the world and play pretend. He's like, no, it's dangerous out there, so I need you to be gentle and I need you to be shrewd. That, for me, is how I navigate or at least try to navigate what ministry looks like, what it looks like as I go as God's kid in the world. And be on your guard, Jesus said, for you will be handed over to local councils and flogged in the synagogues. And on my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as my witnesses to them and the Gentiles. Again, it takes kind of a dark turn, right? So be on your guard because things are going to get dark. You're going to get flogged? That doesn't sound like fun. And you're going to be brought before governors and kings as my witnesses? Uh, he's not saying, hey, you're going to be the guest of honor. He's talking about being dragged in shackles. Ministry is hard. Following Jesus is hard. And it's not for the faint of heart. But just because it's hard doesn't mean we have to be in despair. And it doesn't mean we have to buy into every fear the world is going to offer us. So I have been in ministry since the Bush administration now. I've been in paid ministry since the Bush administration, so 2006. Do you know how many times I have been told passionately, if this person is elected, we are done as Christians? So many times, right? And it's both sides. Oh my gosh, if this person gets elected, oh my gosh, if this person gets elected, the country's done. Christianity's over, Josh. Maybe one day. But y'all, the world is going to try to spin us up. When Jesus said, guys, it's already going to be hard. Our response to that shouldn't be, oh, woe is me. But I said, you know what? God said it was going to be difficult. But the cool thing is, and if, if that's the challenge, this is the hope, it's never been on us. Because Jesus doesn't just end there. You're going to be flogged. You're going to have to go in front of these kings and good luck, right? That is not what he says. He does not say, best of luck to you, Josh, as you go through this really hard time. Instead, he gives us one of the greatest promises of Scripture. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what you will say or how you'll say it. For at that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Y'all, this is huge. Because all of us, when we're in mission, and I'm saying this as a pastor, so my guess is if I'm struggling with this, everyone else does too, we can start to work up in our head, I have to say it perfectly. Right? So if that one friend of yours asks finally about faith, or a coworker, or you have this contentious situation, and you're like, okay, here's the moment. We can, again, work ourselves up into this tizzy. I have to do it perfect. Here is the liberating part. Jesus says, don't worry about it, because in that moment, it will not be you speaking, but the Holy Spirit speaking through you. That as we go, as we allow ourselves to be sent, when we are in those moments, 
where we can talk about God, where he opens that door, where there's an opportunity to lean in or act differently. Instead of freaking ourselves out in our head, he says, guys, the Holy Spirit's going to be the one speaking through you. For, for me, this is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks in tongues. So in the book of Acts, you have the situation where uh, the apostles are all together, and they start speaking in all the different languages of the world. This miracle happens. And we don't see that miracle so much nowadays, but when I think about speaking in tongues, this is literally what it is. I cannot tell you how many times I have preached a demonstrably bad message, right? It's one of those where I'm just stumbling over words and it's all just mucked up. And I get done and I am in despair and someone walks up to me and they're like, Pastor Josh, that was the, that was the perfect message for my life. I'm like, did you hear me? I didn't finish my sentences. There were like conjugations all over the place and the Holy Spirit used that moment to speak exactly what they needed to hear at that time. The same thing happens as we go, as we're sent, as we are trying to work through and express the God that we have. The Holy Spirit does the work. Now, the, and there is one component of this that I want to be careful. Make sure that as we go, it's God's mission, God's agenda that we're talking about, because sometimes we can kind of blend them with our own agendas. It's like, yeah, I really want you to know Jesus, but I need you to know Jesus this way, and I really need you to know you're wrong here, right? And all of a sudden, the, our message kind of gets blended in with God's message. Then it's not the Holy Spirit speaking, it's Josh's agenda speaking. And my agenda is not what people need. Our denomination's agenda is not what people need. People need Jesus. People need pure gospel, the good news that God fights for them, that he allowed himself to be sent to a broken world, to die for them, to live for them, to transform them, and to make them a part of something bigger. And so when we go and we humbly just allow God to speak. And even if we're scared, even if we don't have all the perfect words, that we trust that the Holy Spirit is still the one speaking through us, that he's going to translate for us, that, 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 that's the heart of all the good stuff. That, that, that's where that equips and bless takes us, that as we are equipped, as we know the story of who our God is and what our God is doing, as we get emboldened to be sent out to our schools and our classrooms and our workplaces and our sending Sundays, that we get to be Jesus in those moments that he starts to use us to bless. And while the blessing is not the gospel, the blessing is a great platform for the gospel because people don't care what you know until they know you care. And so as we bless people, as we act like Jesus, they start to ask us, why are you doing this? This is really countercultural. And then we get to say, let me tell you the story of how he saved me and how I, he's fighting for this whole world. And the Holy Spirit translates that for us. And then we realize we're way out of our depth. And then we go back to our faith community. We go back to the church. We get equipped again. We get built up again. We build those rhythms as we go. So we're not just being equipped here in this moment, but day in, day out. And we realize we're sent day in, day out. Sometimes God's going to send you to someone in this church in the row ahead of you or the table next to you. 
to be a blessing, and that circle goes on and on and on and on. Equip, send, bless. That is something each of us are privileged to take part of. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, you're good. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are bold. Lord, to pick us as your ambassadors of this message of who you are. To pick us as the sent ones to go into classrooms, to go into social media, to go into our neighbors' homes or into text message boxes, and to get to be you. To be a representation, a literal body of Christ. Lord, to people who desperately need a God who is still doing amazing things who is still leaving every situation he encounters better, Lord. We pray for that same impact. Lord, and we confess that oftentimes we don't want to go. Or when we go, we bring our own agendas. Lord, and that agenda then gets mixed up into your message, and, and then, and then the, the, the translation isn't right. Lord, we realize that our actions, Lord, don't always reflect you. Lord, the, the sins of our heart or our action or our mind, Lord, it just convolutes everything. And so we come before you in confession, but we are bold to confess because your word says when we confess, you forgive us our sins. And so, Father, Lord, we cling to that promise that our sins are forgiven. You remember them no more. Lord, we say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about our church at axchurchleander.com.